We are getting closer and closer to Spider-Man No Way Home. So today I'm going to be reviewing The Amazing Spider-Man. The Amazing Spider-Man was directed by Mark Webb and stars Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone, Sally Field, Reese Ifans, Martin Sheen, and Dennis Leary. Peter Parker, an outcast high school student, gets bitten by a radioactive spider and attains superpowers. Soon he is forced to use his abilities to fight a monstrous foe. Hey everybody, welcome back to Movie Morning. Today I'm going to be, like I said, reviewing The Amazing Spider-Man 2012 leading up, obviously as part of my review series leading up to No Way Home. Now this review series has certainly been on and off because I reviewed the Spider-Man Sam Raimi trilogy months ago might even have been like six months ago maybe it's a lot less than that but today i'm going to be finishing off the series by reviewing the amazing spider-man and the amazing spider-man 2 and if i have time i may also do homecoming and far from home because homecoming i've never reviewed and far from home my thoughts have changed quite a bit actually quite a lot since my original review so i may do that or they'll just be part of the ranking that happens after No Way Home comes out. Speaking of No Way Home, I am seeing the movie on December the 23rd. That's a week after everyone else. That's when it's releasing here. So that's when that review will come out. But the Amazing Spider-Man review, obviously, is up now. And then in a few days, um, most other, or the Amazing Spider-Man 2 review should go up. So that's pretty much my plan for how I'm going to release this, maybe in a week or so. And I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's get started. And this is a spoiler-filled review. So please keep that in mind. If you haven't seen this movie, there will be spoilers in this review. And now let's get started. So obviously going into The Amazing Spider-Man, Sony were very focused on taking a Spider-Man in a new direction that just was very separate from Sam Raimi's trilogy, had a different tone, different style, and everything. And I think from the get-go, just some of the directions they chose to take Spider-Man, for example, kind of bringing in like the teen angst, modern-day experience of a teenager, and also the slightly darker or more grounded tone, as well as the far less stylized directorial vision, all those changes are, were pretty much made to separate this from the original three films. However, I think all of them are a downgrade in terms of the direction they took. All of them, compared to their counterpart from the original trilogy, work don't work as well in this, in this short two-film franchise. And there's a reason that people just didn't really connect with this series as much as Sam Raimi's films, especially now looking back on them. And I'm just not a big fan of this direction. I don't hate it by any means, but I think they were way too focused on just making him different rather than actually making him interesting. And that comes to this movie, to me, my opinion on it as of today, recording this a week and a half before No Way Home. Actually, now that I think about it, I might actually post it closer to the release, but anyways... Thinking about the film right now, there are certainly phenomenal things in this movie, but it's just kind of there. It doesn't stand out like most other Spider-Man movies, and it just kind of just goes to the back burner in terms of movies I have strong feelings for because this is not one of them. And continuing on, they brought Mark Webb, who before this only directed one film, 500 Days of Summer, 
which had over $200 million smaller budget than this movie, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. And that was a very well-received movie that I've personally never seen, but I love the choice of bringing in an indie director. And I just love that... I just love the way he directs character interactions in this movie, which I'll get into a bit later. But my biggest problem with what Mark Mark Webb does in this movie is that it just looks the film this franchise both of these amazing spider-man movies look so drab and lifeless and that's not even you know like me just saying there's you know like just pointing that out like these movies have little to no color and it's just it's really gray the entire time something people say a lot about mcu movies but i don't see it with that to this level because these movies take this visual style and to me, it just makes it feel so dull and boring. And that's why this franchise is easily the one that I revisit the least out of the three Spider-Man movies. Because there are certainly worse Spider-Man movies outside of the Amazing Spider-Man franchise. Well, I guess there's only one worse than this first Amazing Spider-Man. But it just feels so workmanlike. And I feel like there wasn't really much of a point in giving it this drab look other than trying to set it so much in reality and not make it too stylized like Raimi's trilogy which I personally much prefer and another thing that I'm sure many people pointed out and that is that there was absolutely no need in retelling the Spider-Man origin and they just didn't add anything interesting new and no the idea of Peter Parker's parents being so involved in the creation of Spider-Man isn't interesting which I'll, I'll talk to you about that in the, in the amazing spider-man 2 review because that's when it really starts to get on my nerves so i'll get i'll come back and talk about that but there wasn't any need in retelling the origin story now there's some really there's some genuinely great emotional moments in you know the part of retelling this origin in particular uncle ben's death in this movie but i feel like it's more just appraised for andrew garfield because he's such a great performer, that he just makes a lot of this work. Now, let's talk about Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. He's never been my preferred take on Peter Parker, but I enjoy him at in certain scenes as Spider-Man, in particular the bridge scene and the crane sequence. Those two scenes are the one that stick out to me and that I really like Andrew Garfield in those scenes, and I like him quipping. I like some of, he says a few things which are a bit, are actually funny and aren't really trying to be overly campy, like say the Raimi trilogy, which, you know, I really enjoy those movies, but that is something to point out about those movies. I do like Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man once he fully gets into the role. In terms of his portrayal of Peter Parker, I kind of have the reverse opinion of this, as I do with Tobey Maguire, who I like as Peter Parker, but... Never found a Spider-Man to be what I really imagined Spider-Man to be. And when it comes to Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker, I just don't really like the angsty take on the character and making him kind of a punk. To me, that just doesn't really work. And I get it's a modernization of the character, but that's just not really what I want to see from Spider-Man personally. But it is nothing against Andrew Garfield's performance because he's great for what they want. And also... Obviously, we also have Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy, and she does a really good job considering the restraints of the amount of storytelling you can do with that character because of the comic origins, which I, I won't get into, and I'll talk about that more 
in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, but she is great, and I like the scenes she has with Andrew Garfield for the most part. But there's really not much to her character. That's really what I can say for a lot about this movie. Is that there's individual things I really like, but overall, there's just nothing that stands out. It never goes above and beyond, and it feels really workmanlike. But with her character, I like the performance. I like the interactions. But there's not much to her other than her interactions with Peter, and that's a bit disappointing. But a but thing that I actually do really like about this movie is how, is how it kind of humanizes the city of New York itself as one people. And that's mainly because of that's mainly shown in the in the crane scene where they kind of where they kind of help them, and there's some really cool action that goes along with that. Like some of the action with the lizard is cool, lit way too darkly. That's something I've already complained about. It's something I'm gonna have to accept with these movies. With that said, it's cool. I like the web swinging. Overall, a lot of the classic Spider-Man isms are visualized pretty well. Other than the fact that he doesn't use you know the classic Spider-Man. I'd say, but like the just the pose to shoot webs. He doesn't do that for like half this movie, which I've always found very odd. But I do like the way Spider-Man is portrayed most hard once we actually once he actually settles in and becomes Spider-Man. And I like the way that he really has a relationship with New York City, and in particular the way they do Captain Stacy's character and how he kind of changes his opinion about Spider-Man by the third act of this movie. I do enjoy that. Now the villain of this movie is Reese Iphens as the Lizard. And I've always had pretty mixed feelings on him. I feel like he very much services the movie fine. But he's a pretty boring character to watch and isn't really entertaining, I guess you could say. And I would have liked a bit more focus personally on maybe trying, maybe like maybe doing some of the more, maybe going deeper with him, but also maybe write him differently in a way that's a bit more entertaining and stands out a bit more like, say, Doc Ock or Green Goblin from the first two films. But he just really blends into the background of this movie. And the Lizard's plan at the end of this movie, I've always found to be overly goofy for the tone they're going for with most of these movies. But I would say by the end of the movie and when the third act and everything wrap, wraps up and he's defeated by Spider-Man, and the antidote, you know, goes everywhere. No one's turning into lizards anymore. Um, I, I think his character works well enough. And I've never had too strong an opinion on him. And I will say this. that The last thing I'll say in here before we, you know, give a go. Is that by the end of this movie, I do feel like I am mostly invested into Spider-Man's story. And I'll admit I had a lot of hope by the end of this movie that we get a great Spider-Man movie out of these creative, because I felt like they, they found their footing by the end. And I think that's really the biggest phrase I can say is by the end, I was excited to see more, and I felt like they really found their grasp on what they were going to do with this franchise until they all, until they burnt everything in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which I'll talk about in a few days. But actually also, I have one, one, one more thing I really like. That's that I actually really like James Horner's Spider-Man theme. And I think that if... Andrew Garfield does appear in No Way Home. I'm hoping they bring back that theme because I know they're obviously Toby Toby Maguire's theme, but I'm interested to see which one of Andrew Garfield movies themes they'll use. But that's really what I can say about this. By the end, I was invested into this character enough to want more. But this movie itself isn't too special. But I think that it does a fine job. It's serviceable. And but I personally just I think have that like little bit of nostalgia for it that I just. Maybe I'm nicer to it and I can still enjoy it. But it's certainly not a movie that I like or I enjoy rewatching all that much. 
I'm gonna give The Amazing Spider-Man a C plus. And I'm sure you've already seen this movie because this is a spoiler review. And if you're a Spider-Man fan, you've obviously already seen this. But if you never have, this is the one that I do recommend. You, you could probably stream if you're a, if you're a Spider-Man fan. With that said, thank you guys so much for listening. I'll catch you all next time. Bye bye.